Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Church, today I want to talk to you about the resurrection power that's in you. You, you see, as I was thinking about the resurrection power, I, here, here's what I was thinking about. I think so many people, if we're honest, they're living defeated lives. They're walking around depressed, and they're walking around, and they're bummed, and they're just, they're just, they're just simply defeated. They have been suffering setbacks, not knowing what they should do. I believe today many people are struggling in life, as well as their walk with God. And simply because I believe they don't understand the resurrection power that lives in them. As a matter of fact, pastor and author Tim Keller writes a story on how Christ's resurrection bursts through obstacles. And listen to what he writes. You ready? Quote, a minister was in Italy and there he saw the grave of a man who died centuries before who was an unbeliever. And he was completely against Christianity, but he was a little afraid of it too. Keller goes on to write, So the man had a huge stone slab put over the grave so he would not have to be raised from the dead in case there was a resurrection from the dead. He had insignias put all over the slab saying, I do not want to be raised from the dead. I don't believe in it. Well, evidently, When he was buried, an acorn must have fallen into the grave. So a hundred years later, an acorn had grown up through the grave, had split the slab in half, and now a a tall, towering oak tree stands. And the minister looked at it and asked, if an acorn, which has power of biological life in it, can split the slab Into that magnitude, what can the acorn of God's resurrection power do in a person's life? Keller comments and says, Jesus' resurrection can have the same effect in our lives. You see, the moment, the minute we decide to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit comes into your life. It's called resurrection power. The same thing that raised Jesus from the dead, guys, lives in you. Think of the things you see as immovable slabs in your life. Think of things such as bitterness. Life hasn't been that good for you. Things have gone wrong. And now in your heart, instead of a beautiful oak tree that brings shade, now you have a root of bitterness. Think about the immovable things such as your insecurity. I don't know. What is the world going to think of me? I'm such a people person. I'm such a people pleaser. Think about your fears. What kind of fears are you you dealing with each and every day? Fears that people don't know anything about. Fears that allow you to cry yourself to sleep at night and nobody knows. Or what about, if you will, your self-doubts? Your self-doubts. See, these things, if, you're, if you understand, these things can be split and rolled off. The more you know him, the more you can grow into the power of his resurrection. Now listen, when you gave your life to Jesus, you received resurrection power. But to activate that power, 
you must believe. You must believe. Well, how so, Pastor? If I have your attention, please, church, listen, it's not about being religious. It's not about being religious. I get it. We, we've all been growing up in, in certain religions. It's not about, it's about believing. It's about watching the God of the universe who created you do something incredible in your life. Be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Be willing to say, yes, I'm going to surrender once and for all and watch God do an incredible work. But to activate that power, we must believe. In order to believe, listen, church, we have to go back to the beginning. You see, John 20 is where we pick up our story for just a bit. You don't have to turn there. But I want you to keep this in mind. The Son of God has just been killed. Some might say, this is the day God died. God died? God didn't die. Well, yes, Jesus, being fully God and fully man, was killed. He was crucified on a cross. The Sabbath, it was the Sabbath, and his body was now laying in a tomb. You and I would know it as the grave. So that's what, that's what Good Friday was all about, right? Good Friday. All I know is that I got off work. I don't know what it means. No, 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 no. Listen, we call it Good Friday, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was good for Jesus. Because Jesus took our penalty upon the cross and he died. And now he lays in a tomb. That was Friday, but Sunday was on the way. In John chapter 20, verse 1, it says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark. And when she came to the tomb, she saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. She's thinking, are you kidding me? It's early. It was the Sabbath, early Sunday morning. Here she comes and she sees, ah, so what does she do? Well, the Bible says that she ran And she came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Anybody know who that was? Very good. John John never mentions himself. He always mentions himself as the disciple whom Jesus loves. Now, we would look at that one or two ways, right? You go, what are they? I wish I could think one of them, but I know we could. No, I'm just kidding. Here's here's how we can look at it. Number one, we can say, he is the disciple whom Jesus loved, going, Jesus loves me this side. That's right. But he could also realize the the darkness of his own heart. And he goes, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. Are you kidding me? He knows my heart and he still loves me. Either way, it's Simon Peter and John. You guys with me on the story so far? And so what happens, Right. She comes to him and says, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. Well, Peter, therefore, went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. Now, I love this, right? Because it says, and the other disciple outran Peter. You ever stop and wonder, why did John put that in there? He's like, you know what? Me and Peter took off. I beat him. I just got to put it in there. For eternity. You know? John, I thought, anyways, it's like, John, the beloved, be humble. What are you doing, bro? He says, no, I beat him. I beat him. And so what happened is, well, Peter was probably just eating a little bit too much of his fish and couldn't run very far. And so you know how that is, right? 
So they come to the tomb, right? They come running and stooping down, they look and guess what they saw? They saw the linen clothes lying there and yet did not go in. Then Simon Peter came because he was last. You go last? I thought he was second. Second is just last. Sorry, I'm just, that's how it is. And he came in, follow him, and he went to the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there. Look at verse 7. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. They come in, they look in the tomb. The, the, the handkerchief that had been around his head is now folded very nicely. Anybody know what that's all about? Let me tell you, this is trippy. This is crazy. Why? Because in the Jewish custom, okay, if I invited you over to my house and my wife cooked an amazing meal, but you didn't like it, you didn't feel treated like you felt, you didn't feel welcomed, you didn't feel treated like, like anyone, you felt like, oh, I don't even know why I'm here, and you felt ugly, after you would eat the meal, you would take the handkerchief and you would fold it nicely and put it on the table. If the guests came in and saw the handkerchief folded, they would be, oh, because you were saying, I didn't feel welcome here. You didn't treat me right. We're opposite, right, in our Western culture, right? What do we do? Well, if you felt welcomed, you would take your handkerchief in the Hebrew culture and you'd squish it up and you'd put it on the plate. And be, oh, look at that. Look at the handkerchief. He felt welcomed. What we do is we're polite. So we take the handkerchief and we fold it nicely. We're kind of opposite. They walk in the tomb, and what does the handkerchief on Jesus' head say? I didn't feel welcome here, and I'm not coming back. That's what it means. I'm not coming back to this place. What place? Where was he? He was in the grave. Okay, why? So he's telling people, I'm not coming back to this once and for all. Do you remember when he was on the cross? What did he say? It is finished. It is done. It is over. Right? And so again, that's what he says. So they come in and they, and, and John notes this to us because he wants us to grab the scripture and he wants us to, to see things and go, wow. Okay. Okay. Then the other disciple comes in and says to the tomb and he saw and they believed. And they believed, yet, for they had not known the scripture that he must rise from the dead, he says, then the disciples went away to their own homes. Now, let me just give you that little story, okay? They walked in, they saw this giant tomb that nobody could move, be rolled away. The Roman soldiers were not there anymore. By the way, do you realize that they came across, there were no Roman soldiers guarding the tomb? That meant instant death for them. For them to leave their post meant instant death. So there you go. There they are, and they come in, and the Bible says they believed. They looked with their eyes. He's not here. Where is? Look at the napkin. Oh, I swear. He was on the cross on Friday. I saw him. He was dead. We carried him. He's alive. He's alive. Guys, Jesus is alive. But he hadn't ascended to the Father. That's going to happen about 50 days later, but he's alive. Now, I know there's skeptics out there today, and they'll cross their arms and they'll say, Pastor, how do I know? I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. How do I know that Jesus is alive? You guys ready? You ready? Because he lives in you. Do you realize that? You are a beautiful representation that Jesus is alive. 
You are. Why? Because you can say, I once was, now I'm not. I once was in darkness, but now I see. Right? I once was lost, not asking for directions. You know how we are, men. I'll find it. But now we're found. Now we're found. He hasn't ascended, but he is alive. You, you want to put, silence the skeptic, let Jesus shine in your heart. In everything you say, in everything you do, and how you represent yourself. So Jesus is alive. And you said, well, Ben, in order to activate that faith and that power, we first must believe in the resurrection. So if you're taking note, let me, let me just go quickly through some of his, some of the verses that proclaim his glorious resurrection. It is Resurrection Sunday. So let's start with John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. It says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, here's what he's saying. He's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die. How are we going to die, church? Physically. Okay? He says, but even if you die physically, you're going to live. What's going to live? I'm going to live? Exactly. And so Jesus says, now listen to me. And whoever whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Mark 16 and 6 says this. And the angel said, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. So an angel is giving us confirmation. Luke 24, 6 and 7 says this. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember that he told you that back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be destroyed, must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would be he would rise again on the third day. Even Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 3 and 4, passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me, Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said, he was buried. Can I get an Amen. He was raised again. Can I get an amen? Amen. Just as the scriptures said. What are we talking about here? What am I saying? We're talking about resurrection. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Jesus. I also heard a funny story about the resurrection. It goes on like this. It said, George went on vacation into the Middle East with most of his family including his mother-in-law. During the vacation while they were visiting Jerusalem, George's mother-in-law died. With a death certificate in hand, George went to the American consulate to make arrangements to send the body back to the States for proper burial. The consul, after hearing the death of the mother-in-law, told George, my friend, the sending of the body back to the States for burial is very, very expensive. It could cost as much as $5,000. The consulate continued. In most of these cases, the person responsible for the remains normally decides to bury the body here. And that would only cost you $150. George thinks quietly. He looks at his wife. He thinks, wow. 
And after some times, he answers the council. He says, I don't care how much it will cost. I want to send the body back. The council, after hearing this, says, you must have loved your mother-in-law very, very much, considering the difference in price between 5000 and 150 bucks." He says, no, it's not that, says George. You see, I know of a case many, many years ago of a person who was buried here in Jerusalem. On the third day, he was resurrected. <laughs> Consequently, I can't take that chance. <laughs> and I'm praying my mother-in-law is not listening to this podcast. So today, we celebrate, you guys are funny, some of you are like, (laughs) today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And and let me tell you this, guys, it's a day where the whole world celebrates. You go, how so? Well, some will have a family dinner later today, and others will do an Easter egg hunt with the bunny. Others will say, we're going to go to church. I love it. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But here was my thought. As I began to pray and I began to ponder, God, what do you want me to say? Lord, it's resurrection and all of my colleagues and churches are going to be be proclaiming the resurrection. Jesus is alive. What what do you want for my church? What do you want want me to say? And, And here's what I thought. I thought, what happens tomorrow? What happens tomorrow? You see, we'll celebrate today. Businesses are closed. People have the day off. And But what about tomorrow? Right? Now, here's what I want you to do. To make sure you're not falling asleep and I get my mansion, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, what about tomorrow? Now, turn to the neighbor you just ignored and tell him, what about tomorrow? Here's why. Listen, for most people, it's the same old, same old. Oh, Easter Sunday was great. We had ham and everything. That was wonderful. And then we went to the park and we had a great time. And tomorrow we go, well, got to go back to work. Got to go back to doing the same old thing. It's the same old, same old. And see, I'm thinking, what happens tomorrow? What happens tomorrow? For the believer. Here's what I'm saying. You should walk in the world with resurrection power. With resurrection power. Why? The same spirit that rose Jesus from lives in you. Lives in you. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure what that means. What does that mean? You ready? Can I just shoot straight with you? You are no longer a victim. You're a victor. Why do we keep walking in the victim mentality? You have Jesus living in you. You are no longer a victim. You are a victor. Here's what I want you to do. Tomorrow, stand your ground. Stand your ground. You go, what do you mean? The prince of this world wants to come and put you back in your place in a defeated walk. Listen, he can't because he is powerless. Do you believe that? Do you really? Some of you believe it. Do you believe that? All right. All right. You guys are going to be part of the sermon. So come on, let's go. Let's do this thing. So here's my question. If you believe that, can I get an amen? Amen. If you believe that, how are you going to handle it? Huh? How are you going to handle it? Are you going to react or are you going to respond? Let me say this to you. 
We don't react, we respond. Church, listen to me. Because of who Jesus is, we don't play defense, we play offense. Okay? You were meant to go back, and you were meant, you were not meant to go back, you were meant to what? To press forward. To press forward. Why? You have resurrection power. You have resurrection power. Let me ask you this. If you're going to change the world, how many of us want to be world changers? If you're going to change the world to make your mark, then you need to decide right now that you will have no fear. Right now. If you are not ready to be critiqued, you are not ready to be a leader. If you are not ready to have some haters... You're not ready to change the planet. If you are not walking in resurrection power, you're not ready to change your world. You're not ready. That's why we must get in our hearts now. We must be fearless about the God of hope. We must be fearless. Hey, it's one thing to come in and sit down and, hey, went to church, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But tomorrow you need to walk in victory. That's what the scripture says. He's the God of hope. He's the God that guides us. He's the God that heals us. And yet, so many people will back, they'll moonwalk back into the old life and go, what was this all about? Some of you here today are going to surrender your lives to Jesus. It may be a rededication. You might be going, Pastor, this is it. I need to give my life to the Lord. I need to settle this once and for all. Some of you here might give your life to Jesus for the first time. Last night, I don't know how many of you are watching the Ten Commandments. Anybody watch the Ten Commandments or just me? Just me and Olivia? Okay, great. Hold on, i got to check with some folks. How many of you have ever seen the Ten Commandments? Thank you. Yeah, y'all remember Dathan? Didn't, didn't you just want to punch Dathan in the nose? Right? All Dathan was was the guy who showed up with all of God's people, but he didn't have a relationship with them. He said, Moses is going to lead them out. I'll lead them back. He was just looking to to glorify himself and be a man-pleaser, not a God-pleaser. There's a lot of us who, who look like a Christian on the outside, but we don't have a real walk with God. And you might be here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I don't feel powerful. Remember, it's not about feelings, but about faith. Okay, Romans 8, 11. We're going to look at one verse. Check it out. We're going to move pretty quick. Romans 8 and 11 says this, and I want you to highlight it. I want you to underline it and uh, make stars on your Bible. Do whatever it takes, but listen to this. Paul writes, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That is a beautiful place for an amen. Did you just see what Paul said? Paul just said, listen, 
the spirit that raised Jesus now lives in you. You have resurrection power. You have resurrection power because Jesus lives in us. Listen to me. The old man, and I don't mean that you're old. The old man, the one that was in darkness, the one that walks in bitterness, the one that walks in self-doubt, the one that walks in fear. This dude, guess what happens? He's dead. That, that dude's dead. That woman's dead. Because the Spirit lives in you, and he reigns, and he reigns, and he wants to live out his salvation even through us by the power of the resurrection. See, not only are we in Christ, everybody catch this, not only are we in Christ, but he is also in you. And because God cannot abide in sinful home, the body, the old man, had to die when Jesus came into it. Am am I making any sense? When you gave your life to Jesus, the old you died. Why? Because Jesus wasn't going to come in and live in a beat-up, ratty, old, broken-down shack. You know what I'm talking about? He says, no, 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 no. Out with the old. It was called, what was it? What do they have this? It, the home, right? The home improvement shows. Right? He didn't just do a remodel. He didn't flip or flop. You know what he did? He said, I'm going to make you a brand new home inside your heart. And that's where he's living right now. Right? What's playing inside your heart right now? What kind of music? Some of you like country, I believe, I bet, right? Any, any country fans here? Yeah, right. Country happened after the fall. I just want to tell you that right now. I just, <laughs> just gonna. Th- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Some of us got bebop beats, right, going on in our heart. Jesus is just, he's just. Why? Here's why. Listen, either you like country, you like bebop, you like gospel, you like hymns, whatever you like. You're an individual, and that's what God is doing. Here's what the devil does. He says, hey, turn that music down. I don't want to hear it. Go back to your old life. You tell him, nay, nay, nay. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, let's, let's shoot straight in church. Amen? Most of us believe that Jesus has incredible power. But Romans just declared to you and I that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he lives in you and he lives in me. Did you catch that? The greatest person in the universe lives in you. This is a powerful message. This is a life-changing truth. And that teaches us how to walk in resurrection power each day. You go, what kind of power? You ready? It's the power to overcome obstacles. Those obstacles in your life. What's the greatest voice you listen to each day? It's the voice that says you can't. Oh, you're worthless. Why did you do this? Oh, whatever. And, and listen, that's, that's not the voice we want to listen to because the resurrection power says, no, I need to overcome that obstacle. Why? Because we're no longer a victim. How can you be a victim if God lives in you? How can you be a victim if, if, if the, the Son of God dwells in you? No, you're victorious. 
Resurrection power. You go, what else? Well, I think the resurrection power, it's the power to overcome and outlast opposition. Opposition. Where's my brother Santos? He's probably out there running around. But the other day, if you know if you oh, there he is. If you know Santos, if you knew him anytime, my brother was a was a he was a, he was a guy who he'd get he throw down. Anybody know that about him? God changed him. Here's the thing. I said, Santos, have you ever backed down from a fight? He said, not since I think third grade when somebody was trying to steal my shoes. Do you remember that story? Why are we back down? Listen, if that's how we are, why are we backing down when opposition comes? We keep moving forward. We're not going to back down from a fight, are we? Why? Because we've got resurrection power. We've got resurrection power. You go, what else? I think it's, it's, it's the power to walk victoriously. You know, we joke around from time to time when we say, hey, um... Do you see the glass half full or half empty? And we joke around, I'm a half full kind of guy. I'm a half empty kind of guy. How do you really see life though? Do you see things that could be potentially a obstacle to trip you up in your walk with Jesus? Do you see that things that happen to you, you go, oh, there I am. I'm back doing the same things. I'm such a loser. There's triggers that help us. And, and, and again, think about it, guys. How do you see? How do you see life? Because things are going to happen. Let me just say this. I'm going to get it off my chest, okay? Life is not all rainbows and butterflies. But the resurrection power in you lets us take a step back and see things through the eyes of Jesus. And you go, that? <laughs> that? <laughs> now, there's souls are at stake. Lives are changed. I've got it good. I've got it good. The other day I was whining to my wife about how bad I had it growing up. And you don't understand, honey. And she said, no, you listen. You, and she just laid it out. And I said, no, I don't. Go away. I didn't say that literally, but it was sort of like that. And then I got to think about it. It's true. It's true. I was looking at the glass half empty. I, I, I want to look at I want to look at life the way Jesus does. Why? You know why life is such a drag for some of us, such a bummer? Because we don't realize we're just passing through. We don't realize that this is just this is just vacay, right? This is just vacation time. This is all it is. We're just passing through. Okay. Church, listen, it's time to let go of fear and intimidation and live life in the fullness of God and God's power. Let go of that fear. Now, you might be thinking, Pastor, how do I get this resurrection power? How do I get this? How do I do this? Remember, to activate that power is to simply put your faith and trust in Jesus. In a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. You see, the scripture says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. The resurrection power 
in you. Let me let you know what happens on the other side. When the enemy sees you walking in resurrection power, it reminds him of that day 2,000 years ago when he thought he conquered the Son of God. That's what it reminds him of. But at last, guess what it reminds him of? That he is defeated. And because he's defeated, you can live victoriously. That's right. Let me say this to you. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire. Anybody hear that? Right? That fire lives in us. But I want you to think about fire for just a moment, right? You're thinking, if God is a consuming fire and he lives in me, wouldn't that burn me up? Jot this down. Listen, jot this down. He never burns what you are, only what you're not. He never burns what you are, only what you're not. And the fire inside you burns brighter than the fire around you. That's some good preaching right here. Listen, I don't know if you know this, but but he's already gone before you and paved the way for eternal security, peace, happiness, joy, and love. And love. Do you realize that he's already gone before you? You go, I'm not sure. Well, let me see if I can illustrate it this way. It reminds me of a story. It was a missionary in Africa. And a missionary in Africa would have to go from town to town riding on a horse. And as he was going around proclaiming the good news, he was riding around this corner. The the path was very narrow. And the horse, for some reason, just stopped. Wouldn't go forward. And he'd kind of kick him and be like, what's the matter? So eventually the missionary got down, walked around the corner only to see a 10-foot snake. 10-foot snake laying on the path this thick. The only thing that, that he was not so frightened is he, this, this, this snake had his head buried under this kind of flat stone rock. And so he's like, right? A 10-foot, I mean, he's just, it's just nuts. And so he goes back, and he's like, I can't go back. I, I've got to go to this next town. And for 10 minutes, he's contemplating. He says, okay. <sighs> he got enough courage. He thought, if I could get a rock and sneak up on him, then I could kill the snake. So he, he picks the, big, the biggest, I mean, I don't know, what would you pick, right? The biggest boulder, right? He picks his biggest boulder. He, could, he comes around there. And the snake hasn't moved. He's like, okay. So he takes this rocket with all of he has. He hits it. And he steps back and he's waiting for this thing. I mean, what? It, I mean, think about it. Well, this snake is going to just be mad. He's going to say, man, I got a bump on the head. Now I'm killing you. I mean, whatever it might be. But the snake didn't move. The snake didn't move. He just stayed there. Come to find out, somebody had already killed the snake. And left it there. You go past to the point, somebody had already gone before them and took care of the problem. That's what Jesus did for you. He already went before you. And he took care of all of that. He took care of the, the, the bitterness and the bruises and the bumps. Somebody, our Jesus, had already gone before us. And I know you're here today and you go, Pastor, it feels like Friday, but Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. 
I want to close our time with this. Told you it was pretty quick. The story is told of an African Muslim who became a Christian. His friends asked, why have you become a Christian? He answered, well, it's like this. Suppose you were going down this road and suddenly the road forked into two directions. You didn't know which way to go. There at the fork were two men, one dead and one alive. Who would you ask which way to go? You see, it was John 11 and 25 says this. And Jesus said unto her, listen to me, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes. That word believe right there is putting your faith and trust in Jesus. No other. That is fully committing your life to him. Can I, can I just say this? It means that we're not playing church anymore. You go, what do you mean play church? When we show up to church, we go, hi, I'm here. Praise the Lord. How are you? Oh, bless you, sister. We're not playing church anymore. It means a full-on, I'm going to follow Jesus. He says, if anybody believes in me, though he may die. We lost some good folks this year. But they're not dead. They've never been more alive than they are right now. Why? Because of Jesus. You know that saying, I know we'll see him again. You're only going to see him again as if, if, if you're invited into the party. Okay, now, now, now listen, listen. He says, though, you, though he may die, yet shall he live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the question the Lord asks us. Now, there may be some of you here saying, Ben, I don't have a relationship with God. You were saying some things and it seems like some lights were going on. I really don't even know where to begin. I have no clue where to start. And you might be here this morning going, Pastor, I feel like I'm a million miles away from God. And listen, you may feel like you're a million miles away from God, but you're also one decision away from him as well. But can I talk relationship with you for just a moment? Can I talk relationship with you for just a moment? Let's do this. I have in my office a book called My Heart, Christ's Home. It's also in the bookstore. But the premise of the book, guys, is that our heart should be a place for Christ's home. Are you guys with me? Yet, when it comes to relationships with the Son of God, we can look at it one or two ways. You go, what's that? How about this? Number one, the house is dirty. 
and Jesus on the, is on the outside wanting to come in. But your house is dirty. And you're not going to let him see the living room. You're not going to let him see the kitchen. You're not going to let him see the bath. house is dirty. You guys know what I'm talking about. Your heart is dirty. And Jesus coming, he knocks on the door, and you open it, and you simply peek out to see who it is. It's Jesus. Here's what you do. Because you were created in God's image, because of the Imago Day, you'll open and you'll ask Jesus for some stuff, but you will never let him in because you know the house is dirty and you'll close the door. And from time to time, you'll go and you'll be like, hey, Lord, can I have this blessing? And he'll knock and you go, I can't let him in. My house is dirty. My house is dirty. I don't want him to see the things in the closet. I don't want him to see the things I hide under the bed. It's dirty. No, no. And guys, here's what I want you to picture. Our Jesus, who died on the cross and resurrected, he's standing outside your heart with a mop and a bucket. And he's wanting to come in and he's wanting to clean everything up. But you got to let him in. You got to let him in. You got to say once and for all, I want, I want my house clean. Now that's all, that's, that's, a, that could be some folks here. But let me tell you another way. I call it the, the cold room. You go, the cold room? Yeah, some of you might know it as the good room. Okay? You know what the cold room is? Over, when I was growing up in Taos, my grandma, my grandma's house, you know, well, we always go to grandma's house. Grandma, I mean, the coolest things would happen at grandma's house. Why? Because grandma would start taking leftovers out, and I, it multiplied like the fish and the loaves. I'm telling you right now. You're just like, you would eat till you were full, and there was still stuff coming out. Am I lying? And grandma's house was a place where you felt warm. It was nice. But in my grandma's house, my grandma had a room that I used to call the cold room. See, that was a room where nobody could go in. That was a room where the heat wasn't on. It was cold. But everything in that cold room was perfect. It had, it had the perfect couch. It probably had plastic on it because nobody ever sat on it. The pictures were, I mean... If us grandkids could sneak in there from time to time, I would. But I wouldn't stay long because it was cold. Some of us, some of our grandmas have the, the good room, the cold room. It's a room and you're not allowed. Who's, who, who's this room for? Guests. Just guests. Right? Guess where the house, guess where the room is located? It was always located in the front of the house. Because that's the first room that people would see when they drove up to your house. Big open, oh, that's the cold room. See, a lot of people are like that. You have one room, the cold room, where Jesus can hang out and everybody can see. But the rest of the house is a mess. And each week we come to church, we come with the gold, with the cold room. And people see us and they don't question us because we're putting our, we're putting our best room forward. 
How you doing? Praise God. Amen. It's the cold room. But the rest of the house is a mess. And we are super good about making sure nobody else sees the rest of the house. When guests come over, we'll have coffee in the cold room, but we never invite them into the rest of the house because it's a mess. You guys see where I'm getting at? It's that facade we put on in trying to fool people that we're believers. And I'm thinking, Jesus, right now, he's knocking on our heart. And he's saying, I want to come in and I want to clean the house. The only question is, is will you let him? You go, well, pastor, what do I have to do? Well, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to surrender your heart to Jesus. And you go, how? First and foremost, you need to admit you're a sinner and need a savior. Second, you need to repent of your sins. That means change your mind, change your direction. You know how you used to live for the world? Now God wants you to live for him that way. And third, accept Jesus into your heart. And when this heart fails, your new one will begin to beat. Church, I wish that I could make you because it's only, it's only about Jesus. Without the resurrection power in you, you won't find your way to heaven. And my job, our mission, is to make sure nobody goes, that everybody goes to heaven. We'll do whatever it takes to make sure you hear and that you respond. But you go, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? Well, see, here's the thing. God has a beautiful plan for your life, but if you haven't surrendered to him, you're not walking in it. And when when you came this morning, the songs that they sang, your heart opened just a little bit. And you began to feel him knock on your heart. Okay, okay, this is something I can do. And then through the message, you hear his beautiful voice saying, today's the day. And you go, what, Lord, what do you mean today's the day? Today, I need you to surrender. You're going, no, not me, Lord. I'm good. I'm fine. Pick on somebody else. And the Lord says, no, today's the day. Why? Because he stands with his arms open wide and he says, today's the day. Today's the day. So I'm asking you today, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to do that today. If you're here today and you go, man, Pastor, my house is dirty. It's a mess. Jesus wants to come and clean it up. But I also want to say this to me. Now listen, if you're here today and you've just simply been showing your, your cold room, but you know God is saying, I need to clean the rest of the house. And you need to make a commitment for Jesus today. You go, how, Pastor? In a moment, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus. I'm ready. I'm coming full. I, I need Jesus. This is your day. This is your day. Okay? This is the most important part right here. Because eternity depends on it. 
And you could sit here and go, I got, I'm okay. I prayed a prayer. Listen, a prayer, praying a prayer will not get you to heaven. A relationship with the God that created you will go to heaven. What do I need to do? He's going to forgive you. He's going to love you. But you got to make that decision. It's between you and him. I'm not asking you to join this church. Why? We don't have membership here. I'm not asking you to have a relationship with a pastor or a priest. I'm asking you to get right with the God of the universe. Your sins have separated you from him. Today's the day to get right. What do I have to do, Pastor? In just a moment, all you got to do is, why do I have to lift up my hand? I want God to see your heart. And when God sees your heart, he's going to come in and he's going to save you and he's going to heal you. Well, what do I have to do? Do I have to start coming to church? You just have to respond today. But the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Leave your sins at the foot of the cross. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the resurrection Sunday. Thank you that you rose. Thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you for making a way, God. For all of eternity, you've made a way. And Lord, our job is to preach the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection. And yet there are some people here today who are not right with you, God. They're not walking with you, Jesus. They're selfish, self-centered. But today you're speaking to them and they're going to change You're going to bring them into a relationship with you. Today, Lord, there are people here who have backslidden, who've walked away from you, who are simply showing the cold room, if even that. But today you say, I want to clean the rest of the house. I want to clean the rest of the house. With every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, Pastor... I think you were talking to me. And I need Jesus today. I really need to get clean. To come clean. To surrender. If that's you, will you lift up your hand? Nobody else looking around. You just lift up your hand nice and high and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. God bless you to my right. God bless you in the back. God bless you in the back there. I see you inside the box. God bless you, sir. To my to my left. Hey, keep your hand. Just let me see your hands. God is moving in your heart. Back there, I see you in back. God bless you. Anyone else? This is between you and God. This is between you and God. Anyone else? Today's your day. God's going to do an incredible thing, but you've got to be willing to surrender. Hey, how many of you would say, Pastor, I've been showing the cold room. I'm ready to rededicate my life to Jesus. That you were talking to me on that. Will you just lift up your hand if that's you? If you're ready to rededicate your life to the Lord, to come clean with him. Anyone? I see your hands. God bless you. Yes, sir. I got you. Anyone else? Anyone else? With every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm praying for you right now. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to do something incredibly brave. If you lift up your hand, I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat and come stand right here because I'm going to lead you in a prayer. 
and we're going to clap and we're going to rejoice because I want you to be sincere. I want you to be, if you're willing to, if you're willing to confess God before all of these people, he's going to confess you. So why don't you get up right now? If God is moving in your heart, you get up and we're going to clap for you right now. If you lifted up your hand, you come forward right now. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Amen. 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 You come forward. Come stand right here. Come stand right here, brother. Come stand right here. Come on, church. Come on, church. Amen. Right here. Good move. Good move. Good move. You come forward. Good move, sir. Good move. Good move. We'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. How, uh, look how brave you guys. I'm so proud of you. You're so brave. Is there anyone else that goes, I need to be up there? You get up out of your seat. You come right now. Listen, this is between you and God. You can feel the spirit in you. You can feel it. Don't, don't wait. Look how awesome these people are. Right now, where are you with Jesus? You get up. You come right now. We'll wait for you. God is speaking. We'll wait for you. You keep putting it off, and you keep putting it off, you keep putting it off. Anyone else? Anyone else needs to be here? You just, it's between you and God. Anyone else? Guys, this is the most important decision of your life. This is not about joining a church. or This is about a relationship with Jesus. This is about surrendering your life to him. This right here is your defining moment. And somebody says, hey, when did you get saved? Calvary Chapel, right in front. I remember giving my life to him. Because here's what he's going to do. Guys, he's going to do incredible works in your life if you'll let him. He's going to take away your hurt, your pain. He's going to take away all of those things that just drag you back. The resurrection power is going to come inside you right now. But you've got to be willing with all of your heart to confess and to trust him. You've got to let yourself go once and for all. So I'm going to pray a prayer. Words alone aren't sufficient to save. But if you pray it with all of your heart and say it out loud, I want all of you guys to pray with me, okay? And we're going to say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you resurrected. I believe you are the Son of God. There is none like you. And Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. I give them to you, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need your spirit. So I'm asking you, God, this resurrection day to come into my heart and be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. This day, I choose to follow you, Jesus. Forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand, y'all.
Okay, okay, we're not done yet. You see Pastor Santos back there, straight back there? He's going to give you a Bible. He's going to pray with you. He's going to make sure you understand what you did. So just go right back there. See Santos turn around right there. My brother, good job. Follow him. He'll be right back. Right this way, sir. Good job. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.